The topic of this workshop is three-legged stool, and um, I'll be the leader for this meeting. Again, my name is Tish, I'm a great book recovering compulsive overeater, and Rhonda is the other speaker. Will someone volunteer to be the timer? Um, let me know when five minutes is remaining. The lady behind you is going to do it. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, although Rhonda... Okay. Um, Okay, so I'm originally from St. John's, Newfoundland, and uh, I drove down yesterday uh, with um, someone, uh, with a member from Ottawa. So I live in Ottawa now the past 30 years. I've been in um, program uh, since uh, December 1978, and I've been abstinent. Uh, 34 and a half years. Uh, okay, I'm not used to saying all that stuff, but that's what they ask asking us. Um, okay, so I'll share my story. Um, so the, uh, the theme of the conference is We Are the Light. And... Um, I wasn't sure how to bring that into my topic until I did some praying and meditating and writing today. And um, so actually this, this topic, um, the three-legged stool, which means um, that we um, have a three-legged program, or we have a three-legged disease and a three-legged, three-fold, not really legged. Okay, I'll say three-fold disease, and our recovery is also three-fold. So, um, physical, emotional, and spiritual. And when I, in my early recovery, I learned that I had a disease fairly early on. Uh, we, we were talking about it. And that provided me, you provided me with so much light in regards to me discovering who I was as a compulsive reader. I had no idea that I was a compulsive reader, but I certainly knew that I loved food. And, um, sorry, I, I'm also going to time myself just so that I can, whatever. Um, so physically, I was addicted to sugar, white flour, mostly, and anything else, as my mother says, that wasn't nailed down. Um, emotionally, I... Of course, I felt feelings, but I never really felt emotions that I that were difficult to, or I didn't deal with my emotions. Of course, I felt happy, sad, glad, mad, whatever, but I dealt with those emotions, whether they were happy, sad, glad, or mad, with food. And um, spiritually, I relied on myself for everything and never considered anything else. I grew up with the faith that um, taught me about a God that was shaming and a lot to be afraid of. And um, so in recovery, I'm just gonna slow down. In recovery, 
I learned that I have a physical, emotional, and spiritual disease, and I need to recover on all of those three levels. Not just one or two, but three. And um, Dr. Silkworth talks about in the beginning, um, page XX1B in the big book, about the body is quite is quite as abnormal as the mind. So these are, um, and also later on, uh, it talks about being restless, irritable, and discontent. And I want to just find that page, because there's a lot on those two pages that I want to refer to. So, you know, it says here in the big book, men and women drink essentially because they like the effect produced by alcohol or food for us. And I loved the effect of food, sugar especially. And um, uh, so anytime I wanted ease, it says they can again experience the sense of ease and comfort, which I got at once by taking that first bite. So that's what I did unknowingly. I kept turning the food for that ease and comfort. And then I learned, in addition to this being a disease, um, about the phenomenon of craving. Now, I was already doing that, but I didn't know it had a name. So I, I only have gone on one diet or one weight reduction program before I came to OA. So I'm not someone who went on lots of diets. I just went on one. And during that time, I entered OA through a family member. And, um, yeah, I left because I was 18, and they were all like 30, 35. They were so much older than me. And um, so Christmas time was when I left, and I thought, oh, well, I, I'm almost down to my goal weight. I think I'll just have a blank, something sweet. And three months later, I had all my weight more on, back on, and I came back to OA. And I've been around ever since. Um, so, the phenomenon of craving for me was, you know, when I picked up that binge food, or it could be a bag of carrots, didn't matter. Uh, I mean, a bag of those mini carrots. <laughs> and um, I binged on it because um, I just wanted the effect and uh, of what the food gave me. It also talks about um, a psychic change. Once a psychic change has occurred, the very same person who seemed doomed, who had so many problems, he or she despaired of ever solving them, suddenly finds himself or herself easily able to control his or her desire for alcohol and or overeating, undereating, binging, purging, whatever you want to put in there, right? So. Um, I'm a bit ahead of myself. Um, well, I have my notes here, but I'm, I'm, I'm just going to take a minute here. 
So I just want to stress that it's the physical, emotional, and spiritual. And physically, the big book talks about also that the craving is beyond my mental control. And Dr. Bob mentions that the main problem centers in his or her mind and body. And then it talks about after following a few simple rules. So when I came into OA and I read this in the big book, I had no clue what the few simple rules were. And I later learned that it was the 12 steps. So one of the things in my early recovery that I found so helpful was to figure out, and it even says this in the big book that I'm don't remember reading on page 218 that the main idea is to find out a way how not to take the first bite. So there was no cell phones, no answering machines, no computers, no nothing in my recovery. And, uh, or sorry, when I came into OA. Um, so I was constantly on the phone talking to members because I was trying not to take that first bite. So I lived in a small basement apartment and my fridge was, say, here and my phone was here. So I made a path between the phone and the fridge. Often I'd open the fridge, I close it, I turn around, like, nah, I'm not going to phone anybody. Open the fridge, I close it. Think about the phone. Nah, I'm not going to call anybody. And I, I did that however many times until I picked up the phone. And when I picked up the phone, I talked about whatever it was that was going on that was causing me to eat. And when I got off the phone, I felt great. The compulsion was gone. I didn't need to pick up. So I kept doing that. Um, um, the other thing I did was to read the pamphlet before you take the first compulsive bite. And that retrained my mind uh, to think about, you know, it's if you don't take this bite, it's going to make you stronger for the next one. And um, to think, of, you know, to, to accept that you're going to have the nagging feelings of wanting to take that first bite. And it says many other things in it that really helped me quite a lot. So that was... Um, step one and so step two is I heard this many years ago came came to and came to believe so I came to the program and my sponsor helped me to come to to kind of um, see how a higher power was in my life and helped me to recover from compulsive eating and then I came to believe that my higher power will help me and has helped me. So now when I do step two, it's like, yeah, I believe that my higher power is going to help me because she's helped me millions of times before. And so I, that's how I do step two now. Um, and the AA 12 and 12 talks about step two is piecemeal. You just take it a bit at a time. And... Um, when I came into recovery, there wasn't too much uh, OA literature. 
So it says first, A does not, or the program does not demand that you believe anything and that the steps are suggestions. And the second, to get abstinent, I'm going to change the words, you don't have to swallow all of step two right away. And three, all you really need is a truly open mind. And it then goes on in step three to talk about the willingness, how the key, it is the key to step three is the willingness. So I had the willingness, and I just said the step three prayer every day, whether I believed it or not. And um, I later changed my concept of a higher power, and my higher power is not, you know, that man up there who's going to, Really? It's five minutes left. Okay, that man up there is, is uh, um, I changed the, sorry, I'm just thrown off by my time. I changed my concept of a higher power from the man that was up there that scared the living daylights out of me and to finding my higher power in my heart. And that has made a huge difference in my recovery. Um, so steps four through nine helped me to deal with my feelings because I never dealt with anything. I just ate over it. So for me to feel a feeling, I was in Halifax, Nova Scotia, in the in the shopping mall. I had was living there at the time, and I was sitting down, I must have been having tea or something, and I felt a feeling, I have no idea what it was, but I felt a feeling, and I've been feeling them ever since, <laughs> except I'll tell you that um, after three years of abstinence, I relapsed and uh, uh, for two and a half years, and, um, and you know, uh, uh, became abstinent again. So I just want to read the promises of step 10. I, I don't have much time to finish my the rest of the stuff, so I'm just going to skip on down to these wonderful promises after step 10 because this is what we can hope for if you're struggling with your abstinence or if you're abstinent and you can relate to this. Um, and, and, and this is what the program promises us for us who are suffering from a disease, a physical, emotional, and spiritual disease. And we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even food. For by this time, sanity will have returned. We will seldom be interested in food, except to eat uh, whatever your food plan is. If tempted, we recoil from it as from a hot flame. Wow. We react sanely and normally, and we will find that this has happened automatically. I've experienced all these promises. We will see that our new attitude toward food has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. It just comes. This is the miracle of it. We are not fighting it, nor neither are we avoiding temptation. We feel as though we have been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. 
We have not even sworn on. Instead, the problem has been removed. It does not exist for us. We are neither cocky nor are we afraid. That is our experience. That is how we react, so long as we keep in a fit spiritual condition, which means to follow uh, the steps on a daily basis. And, um, and my sponsor, after my relapse, told me to pray for the compulsion to be removed. I don't know how many times I've prayed it. I don't know when the day happened, but it, my compulsion was removed. Where's my timer? Am I done? Oh, oh, really? Yeah, time's done. Um, uh, <laughs> so I've um, received a lot of blessings from practicing the 12 steps, and I, I practice steps four through nine many times in the of the week, and it has helped me to uh, just talk about one aspect of it. The blessings I'm getting is self-love, self-forgiveness, and self-acceptance. Um, after I do step five, I write a letter uh, well, not necessarily better, but I write as if my higher power is speaking to me and reframing all the crappy, crappy negative stuff that went out of my head with this whatever situation. And she speaks to me very lovingly, kindly, gently, so that I can continue to learn my, uh, love myself, forgive myself, and accept myself. And I just want to say that one of the things that I love about OA is I found my home, that I have a tremendous sense of belonging in OA, whether it's at my Monday night group where there's about 20 people, or especially at an OA convention where there's just so many of you and you're all like me and I'm just so grateful. And with that, I'll pass it over to Rhonda. So, sir, are you going to take care of that? Okay, thank you. Okay, it's 20 minutes. I mean, um, it, that's that's the, the okay, final. So, um, like a five minute, and then just like a, I guess a one minute to wrap up. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> Hi everyone. My name is Rhonda. I'm a grateful recovering compulsive overeater. I'm very grateful to be here at the convention. So um, today is my birthday, and I am. <laughs> And I, and I say that not because, like, for, you know, just because there's no place, and I say this sincerely from the heart, that I would rather be than at this OA convention. I had choices. I could have been in a lot of places doing a lot of things. And I, I just love convention. I love, you know, the whole idea of, of gathering. I don't get to a lot of face-to-face -face meetings, so this, to me, is like, wow. It's like, oh, um, so I'm just going to give a little bit of background of where I come from, and um, 
I've been on the program for over 30 years. I just turned 49 today, so came in at around 16. It was in the 80s. And, you know, it's funny because people sometimes say, wow, well, you've been in so long. It doesn't mean a thing. I can tell you that right now. I'm a bite away. It's a day at a time. So I have been in relapses. I've been out of relapses. I've been in the rooms. I've been out of the rooms. Um, I remember when I had my daughter in 1998, there were no phone meetings. I isolated home and ate. I mean, I, I can, you know, and I've been, I've worked the steps and di different ways and I still feel like I'm a student. I'm a, I'm a teacher by trade and I'm a student in recovery. I am very, you know, the big book talks about teachability and that's where I, I feel like I, I'm at. It's a privilege for me to be doing, that I get, I get to do service. I get to be a service today. And for me, it's an absolute privilege and blessing. So the three-legged stool. Well, I'm gonna actually refer, because I love, I love the big book. But those people who know me, I, I have a very eclectic way of my recovery. I love OA literature as well. And I particularly love the Voices of Recovery. So November um, 18th actually talks, and I'm going to just briefly read it. What it says is, the quote is, for, it's from Introducing OA to Healthcare Professionals. OA believes that compulsive eating is a threefold disease, physical, emotional, and spiritual, which like alcoholism and drug abuse can be arrested but not cured. Once I got through the, this through my head, I began to recover. When I came through the doors of Overeaters Anonymous and started to calm down, my sponsor told me that my recovery was like a three-legged stool. If the stool was to stand properly, all of its legs had to be even. The three legs of the stool represent physical recovery, emotional recovery, and spiritual recovery. Unless all the legs were even, I wouldn't and couldn't recover. For many years, my stool had one leg, one short leg, <laughs> spiritual. <laughs> but now... As a Freudian slip. Um, thanks to God and this program, those legs are even. I am happy, joyous, and free. Um, does that mean that I'm happy all the time? No. Does that mean that I'm joyful all the time? No. Does that mean that I'm free? You know, I can go right back into the obsession of and, and, and the bondage, but I can I can emanate happiness. I can emanate joy, joyfulness. I do feel free today. I feel in a state of neutrality. I can, for example, met a friend this week, a fellow, we went to a bakery. The thought didn't even cross my mind to look at the menu. And I say that sincerely. I was going there for coffee. She was going there for tea. That was the purpose. That was why I was in that establishment. Um, so for me, um, the three-legged stool. So for me, when I first came into the rooms, um, it was completely physical. I don't come from large numbers. So when I first came in, um, I was young, I was thin. People didn't really know why I was there, but I knew I qualified because I would eat, do all this eating. I just didn't put on the weight. And, you know, it was almost like a double-edged sword. It was a double secret because it was like I was eating so much. And even to this day, I could share about what I was eating to someone and they'd be like, no, you couldn't have eaten that. And I said, yeah, I did. <laughs> I did eat that much. Um, but it, you know, for me, it was like about the physical, like I, you know, I was, I was in the, you know, the, the vanity piece of it. And I, I didn't work the steps for a long time. I think I got up to that step five and no one, I, no one I knew was, was really working steps. No one talked about the promises. And so I, I just kind of floated around. I loved fellowshipping, I was social, I, I went to meetings, but it wasn't doing the work. So that's why I, I sunk, and that was part of my three-legged. My three-legged at that point was the physical was, was, was there, but I had no emotional and spiritual sobriety. Today I do have those things. Emotional feelings led me to eat. Hidden emotions, anger, 
It was to satiate, to calm me. Now that I'm not picking up the food, sometimes my emotions are very raw. Um, my stepmother committed suicide a year ago, and I can tell you that if, you know, it, it's one of the most, like, to live through that, it, it's like, and now every day I'm taking care of my father, it's, it's traumatic, but I got through that abstinently. I got through that abstinently. There was not a thought in my mind, and fellows came during mourning period, I you know, have it a certain way, my religion. People brought the things I needed, and I brought the things that I needed to get through that time, because typically people bring a lot of sweet foods during this mourning time um, of, of the Jewish faith. And um, I just, there wasn't a doubt in my mind that I was picking up anything except my abstinent food, and I did do that. Did I feel horrible? Do I still feel horrible? Yeah, every day I think about her. I have like tremendous, you know, work I'm 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 doing, and that's you know separate issues. A lot of a lot of outside work, but um, but I feel it today. And food is not my go-to. You know, food was my go-to for many many years of my life. So spiritually, what do I do? You know, so it's like I used to be one of those people who would always say, I know, I know. And in my last relapse of two, my current abstinence is July 1st, of two, July 1st 2014. Um, I remember crawling back into the rooms. I had done like a 24-hour binge at a very big party. And I used to say, I know to someone. And he once said to me, he's like, no, Rhonda, you don't know. You don't know. And then, you know, that really resonated with me because it's like, yeah, I don't know. Tell me what to do. I'm willing, willing to go to any lengths. What do I have to do? If I want what you have, then I'm, I need to be willing to do what you did or do what you're doing. So, um, you know, for me, this is what this is all about. I learned to pause. I learned to, you know, ask for the next right thought or action. The unawakening is very powerful in the big book, 86 to 88. And, you know, sometimes it says, you know, directly or indirectly, you know, in the reading it talked about that. You know, like sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly, the promises do come true. Um, Today, for example, give you a perfect example, because I love giving real practical life examples. So I, t I live in Queens, took, um, took a flight, and you know, had an Uber driver come to my house, and we're on the way to LaGuardia, and all of a sudden, I look in my bag, and I'm like, oh no, my license. <laughs> and I don't know where my license is at this moment, but that's another story. And he was like, so nice. The gentleman was like, well, let's, you know, I'll turn around, no malice. It turned out we had like the most powerful spiritual discussion in this in this Uber, and I said, you know, he was meant to like take me. So the the, the point is the emotion started like, oh my God, I'm gonna get to the airport. I won't have my license. I won't get to go on the plane. Then I'll miss the flight. Blah blah blah. But all the the noise, all the the thoughts, and the reality was, yeah, it took a little bit extra time. We had to turn around, and I got my passport, <laughs> and I made my flight. And, you know, we were talking in the car, like, about this whole idea of, like, a source greater than myself. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know, he, it, it's like, I said, you were meant to pick me up today. He's like, yeah, and you were meant to be my passenger today. And, like, to me, that is the essence of spirituality. I have a higher power today that I really love. And I look for signs, and I see signs of her. And sometimes I'm thinking about someone, and I get a text or a call right at that moment. You know, it's, it's like such an amazing thing. And that, to me, is the link of the, bless you, of this whole three-legged stool. You know, so yeah, physically, I, I saw a nutritionist about a year and a half ago. Why? Because the weight was creeping on. Now, I'm not, I'm not a big person. I don't come from large numbers. However, I was 20 pounds heavier. I'm 5'1". That's, you know, my clothes weren't fitting. I couldn't, I didn't want to, if nothing else, I don't want to go out and buy new clothes. That was... 
So I went to this nutritionist and I had to revamp my whole, so it was like setting aside everything I thought I knew, all these old beliefs. And I did it and I'm doing it a day at a time and I love my food plan and I don't feel deprived and I still, you know, see him and I, and that's like my, that's my, my, I have a bottom line abstinence. So it's like, what is my bottom line? Will I refrain from foods that I do believe in a physical allergy and a behavioral allergy, as it talks about in the doctor's opinion, and I do not consume those foods. I don't share foods. That's off limits. I go to, you know, it happened just recently with my husband again. He's like trying to, well, could I have a piece of that? I'm like, no, you can't. You have your dish. You want another appetizer? And I, and I know it seems like kind of funny, but for me, that messes with my mind. I, can't, I don't share food. I don't go to certain food establishments. I don't go to, you know, certain places that I know they're not going to have a healthy option. I just don't. It's too dangerous. It's not to say I would pick up there, but unless the big book talks about it and I have a, I have a genuine reason to be there, I don't need to be there. So, you know, the bottom line keeps me clean. I do travel, and I actually want to go to the travel one because that's a big challenge. You know, the airports don't have such great food choices, and I'm like... But am I willing to, like, let go of this perfection, you know, the control? Like, yeah, when I'm home, it looks like this. Even this convention, you know, the food is going to look a little different. And it's like, that's going to be okay. You know, it's like, can I breathe and say that's going to be okay? Can I do that? Well, I just keep on. I keep on. And um, I keep thinking for the next right thought or action. And, um, you know, in the For Today book, I found another reading on that. It's not exactly the same, but what it says is between two stools, one sits on the ground. So if my stools are broken, <laughs> I'm going to sit on the ground. Um, and, you know, it talks about here about I thought I had answers. I have no answers, you know. I, I know and I tell my sponsees the same thing. I'm not, I'm not a therapist. I'm not here to solve problems. I don't even know how to, you know, figure out my own life, you know. But I do know that I can go, when, when in doubt, I'm, you know, I pause. I do 10 steps, things crop up. I got to be on the phone. I got to be using these tools to access my steps. It's an ongoing process. It's ongoing. It's something that every single day, I can never forget that I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm actually proud to be a member of Overeaters Anonymous. I know that, you know, that's not everyone's experience. It's my experience. Because when people look to me, if I can be of service, for me personally, I will break my anonymity and tell someone. And and sometimes it has really been helpful. My stepmother, may she rest in peace, I believe was one of us, and she just couldn't, you know, couldn't see it. And and you know, for me, it's being that power of example. You know, my 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 family come. I come from a family of overeaters, and you know, like my mom, like you know, she'll she'll say to me, like, wow, you look, you know, you look good, you look healthy, you. You know, what are you, you know, you, you're eating this way, you're eating a food plant. It's like, yeah, I just do this. This is just what I do. You know, I find exercise is really important, just not just for the, you know, it, it helps me with anxiety. I, you know, make my calls. I get on a phone meeting. I'm involved, very heavily involved in a phone meeting, and I'm of service. So service for me is really the corner, the keystone in my recovery. If I can be of service, if I can help someone, um, I just keep on every day. I, I seek to learn something new with recovery. It's not easy, you know, the challenge of, like I said, with my stepmother, now I'm my father's caregiver, like how the heck does that look? And I was just sharing with someone when I go down to visit him, he's in South Florida, I'm here, in, I'm in New York, I'm like here, <laughs> here's not New York. Um, you know, like his attending cooks and she cooks healthy and she knows I eat healthy, but it's different than home. It's like, welcome, you know, and like, am I okay with that? 
And you know, for today I can say I'm okay, but I also have to know this disease is cunning and baffling. You know, I can easily rationalize, I can easily go, well, I can have a little more of that, or like, how does that look? Or, and, and for me, you know, it's, it's that freedom. It's the freedom, the freedom of bondage. It's the freedom to break, to, to have a meal with, a, with another person. I was talking, I used to eat always in secret, even when I was abstinent. Like the idea of eating in front of someone, like, I don't want you to see what I eat. I don't want you to see how fast I eat. I don't want you to see what I put in my pocket. You know, it was like all these secrets. And today it's like, no, this is what I eat. I try to, you know, really make it like a, a spiritual entity, even eating, like calm, Simple, not easy. This, 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 the hardest thing for me is step 11. You know, meditation, prayer, um, you know, sitting, sitting with discomfort. How do I sit with discomfort? And yet, you know what? No one said life was easy. I believe there is a randomness to life. I believe things just happen. Um, and the, that's the variable, that's the X variable but the steps are, are, are constant. The steps are the constant. And so as long as I can go back to these steps every single day um, and accessing the steps, I feel like I have so many resources. I have fellows, I have people, I have meetings, I have podcasts, I have books, I have journaling. I have so many reasons to not engage in compulsive eating. And yet, I'm still a compulsive overeater. I will still, you know, when I stop doing this work and start resting on my laurels, I'll go right back. And then I don't know if I'll have another chance. I just don't know. And I'm not willing to take that chance for today, which is why I'm here, which is why I'm so grateful to be here and to be of service and to see all of you. I met people at the airport and I just, I'll end with this. I just, thank you. I shared, um, you know, one of my one of my think fears is that like people were asking me like, well, who did you come up with? And I didn't come up with anybody <laughs> because I have a lot of friends in program and people can't commit and they don't know this and I have the money and all. And so like, for me, I'm a planner. Like I got my hotel like right when you know reservations opened and I booked my flight. I paid for everything piecemeal through the year, so it's not like this big expense. And I knew I wanted to be here, and yet, and I got my own room because I, I don't have a lot of like free time. I used to take a bath and do all these things. And like for me, that's such a blessing. And then I met people, lo and behold, at the airport who were waiting for the shuttle. And I'm like, wow, here we go. You know, I it's like I don't know you, but I know you. And so for that, I am just eternally grateful. And thank you for letting me share. Uh, we will now open. We will now open the floor for three-minute pitches. Um, do we still have the same timer? Can we still have the same? Okay. Uh, if you can let people know when there's one minute left. If you would like to share, come to the front of the room and form a line to the right. You must sign the release form before you speak. Step up to the microphone and introduce yourself. Tell where you are from and how long you've been in a way. We would like to remind OA members we are in other, who are in other fellowships to speak only to your personal recovery in OA. Please stick to the topic of this meeting. For those who arrive late, the topic of this meeting is three-legged stool. The meeting is now open for sharing. I guess I'll start. <laughs> I'm Eileen, compulsive oh, overeater. Do you want to come over to the mic? You can hear me. Right? 
Oh, for the recording. I'm Eileen, compulsive overeater. Sometimes I'm compulsive overeager, which is a T to a G, which you'll hear about if you come to the talent uh, the talent show tonight. Um, I live in Western Mass by way of New York City for 36 years, so I've been a program in New York and in Western Mass, and. Um, I just loved what I heard. I just loved, you know, hearing my school stool's got a balance because I'm really uncomfortable unbalanced. I mean, I can walk around like this and think nothing's wrong, right? Like, I think I'm okay and I'm not. And I'm going through a lot of changes lately, getting a new job. I moved a year ago, thinking about a new guy, you know, blah, 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 blah. I'm lying up in the room that I'm sharing with two fellows, two great, you know, in this room, we get along. And I'm lying up there being depressed. And I'm like, oh, I should go to a meeting. I'm like, oh, I'm at a convention. I should get my ass downstairs. <laughs> That's how in the moment I need to be. Because I forget that I'm a compulsive overeater. I forget that someone just said, there are all these resources, and yet I still want to go take a bite. I forget that everything's available to me, including God, higher power, at any minute, any time of the day, any time I need to. And I love that idea about physical allergy and behavioral allergy. I don't think I've ever heard, I mean, I, we talk about behavioral allergy all the time in the steps, but I don't think I really heard about it. Like, we know what a physical allergy is. I know what happens if I eat certain foods, but I, I have to think about it. I go to certain parties. I go to certain people's houses. I engage in certain acts, let's talk sex, I want to eat after it, right? Like, and I don't think about those things as triggers all the time, and they are. So this idea of behavioral allergy and how I actually use the tools to find my way and not overeat is something that I know I'm in for for the rest of my life, you know, because on the path, the things that are supposed to show up do, and God shows me that. So thanks for letting me share today. Everybody have a good convention. So we have 20 minutes. If, uh, <laughs> there has been no line formed yet. But I know you will start coming up. I'll just leave it to you. Hi. Wow. My name is Reggie, and I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi, Reggie. And I know Rhonda from retreats. And it's nice to come back to conventions and retreats and see people. I just saw someone that I met 40 years ago in program, and I said, to, yay, the dinosaurs are here. The dinosaurs are here. And I remember her. I said, I know where you used to live. It's like, I wish I could remember you know, my shoe size. Uh, I've been in this program a very long time, and I never left whatever size I was. I just never left because I knew there wasn't another venue, because I tried some. I want to put in a plug for talking to God at difficult situations. Um, I have um, just, okay, I like to know in the moment that I'm feeling anxious about something, and then say, okay, you don't feel so good, but that breadstick isn't gonna do it. And I just like, okay, okay. And then I like sh shift my attention to something else. And um, 
I also want to put in a plug for committing to someone that I'm not going to eat something, even though I could eat it at another time. Um, and also the behavior. I never heard that expression either. But for me, it's standing up and eating. Even if it's cutting a tomato, even if it's like, let me just taste the soup until I walk to the table. So um, that's it. I'm sure my three minutes are up. Thank you and welcome everybody and let's have a great convention. Susan, I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, I'm from Ontario, Canada. I live in a little town called Brockville. We have one meeting. Oh, okay. Sorry. Oh, that's better, isn't it? <laughs> okay. I'm Susan. I'm a compulsive overeater from Brockville, Ontario, Canada. Um, I've been in OA since 2006, and I am just coming back from a relapse. I have 30 days. I had 11 years. I thought I knew what I was doing. Um, what happened is that I had a crisis of faith. I had a religion that was my higher power and I had a crisis of faith and I didn't realize that the leg of the stool, the spiritual leg of the stool, was just getting shorter and shorter and shorter. It was slow, and I fell right off. And I have had to completely change my understanding of a higher power. And that's been hard, because I couldn't use the previous one. And uh, I reached out to people who I knew did not have a traditional religious higher power. And uh, the more that I talk about it, the more I realize how many people actually do not have a traditional religious higher power in this program. I thought like there was only like three of you, honestly. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's, it's great to be back, um, you know, a month ago, when I was just back, my friend asked me if I wanted to go to the pension. I said, no, I am not going to the convention. There will be too many people, and they're all going to know that I relapsed and blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And uh, she just let it go. And two weeks later, she asked me again. <laughs> and I said, yes. She's like, hey! <laughs> so here I am. I'm very happy to be here, happy to see you all. And... Uh, yeah. Thank you for being here. Hi, everybody. I'm Emily, and I'm an abstinent compulsive overeater. Hi. 
I had started in OA way back when I was in high school and just let it go because my life just didn't have any need for it, or so I thought. Um, I came back about two, two and a half years ago, and the original part reason that I came back was physical. I was seeing the scale go up and up and up, and my sizes go up, up, up and up and up. I was up to a 2XL in my t-shirts, and I don't know what size my pants were, but um, I was very uncomfortable, and I just decided I needed to do something for myself. So the physical was the first part of it, and the first leg that I worked on. And as I got um, abstinent, which I had problems with in the beginning, but as I got abstinent, um, my emotions started coming up, you know, and, and realizing that I wasn't, I wasn't stuck where I had been in the beginning before I came back. Um, so that was kind of a, a follow-up of once I got my physical, the physical leg worked on, then I could deal with the emotional. And once the emotional leg got caught up to the physical leg, um, that's when I noticed that I could I could actually do something about the spiritual, and that was the the final um, the final um, benefit, I guess I could I could say benefit of um, you know working the steps and working the program, getting a sponsor. It took me probably a month and a half to two months to get a sponsor, but I realized that I that's what I needed, that's what I wanted, and it's been nothing but. Um, recovery and growth um, since and all I can say is I'm very grateful to um, the program and everybody that I've met and talked to and um, uh, I guess just the program itself it's wonderful and everybody should try it because it works thank you hi everybody my name is Rhonda I'm a compulsive overeater really grateful to be here. It feels like OA Christmas to me. <laughs> Awfully excited. So I just wanted to share uh, something that I was reminded of when talking about the three aspects to my allergy is that I have an emotional disease with a physical symptom with a spiritual solution. Um, and with the spiritual solution, I'm reminded of the chapter in the big book that's titled, There is a Solution. And it says there is a solution. It doesn't say there are 50 million solutions. Uh, so I'm, I'm grateful to know that there is one solution for me for, for my disease. Because there is a lot going on up here. There's a lot going on here that I'm not happy about. But I am, I'm certainly grateful that, uh, that my God can get me through whatever. And uh, so my God to me is nature. And I, I'm grateful that I, I live in Nova Scotia, so I live by the ocean, which is uh, amazing. And I feel such incredible connection to God when I, when I see water. And um, God spelled backwards is dog. So I go outside with my dog every morning <laughs> and uh, she leads me to, to God. And I look out into the water and I uh, make a conscious contact with, with God every single morning. And um, while I know that the trees aren't going to cure me of my disease, it's just a constant reminder that there are good things out there that, that want the best for me. Uh, and just to share a little example of, 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 a, of a, a conscious contact with nature that got me through something really, really challenging. I, I presided over a funeral of a, a stillborn baby. 
and I, while I was sitting off to the side waiting to, to do my thing, there were really, really high windows and I could see the very, very tops of trees. And I just kept looking at those trees and asking God for as much strength as I needed to get through that day. And it worked. I felt it. And, uh, and my God helped me get through something really, really challenging and I didn't eat over it. So that was, that was a miracle. Thanks. Hi, I'm Chuck, a compulsive overeater. I'm from New Paltz, New York. That's in the Hudson Valley. It's about 300-something miles from here. I drove up, came by myself, and I'm an Uber driver also. Um, so I came into the program about four years ago, and um, I was very desperate. I'd done the usual up-and-down things that probably so many of us have. And um, I had just retired. So I walked into a meeting, and I heard the word God, and people were praying, and I almost bolted. Um, but I was so desperate that I, I called somebody, and they explained a little bit to me. And when they started talking about um, spirituality and, and emotional, I was like, no, it's just physical. I just have to lose weight. The only reason I can't lose weight is because I don't have any willpower. But I was desperate enough to just do it. And so what I do is, I, I don't know how any of this works. I couldn't tell anybody how this works. But I can tell you that if I just follow what the program tells me to do, and what my sponsor tells me to do, and what the 12 steps tell me to do, it works. I don't care how it works. I mean, sometimes it's just rainbow farts and you know, unicorn stuff to me. I don't, I don't get it. I don't need to get it. Um, and the higher power thing, you know, I've heard people who are religious have a problem with it. Well, I'm not religious. I don't believe in it. So for me, I had to conjure up a higher power. And like what you said about uh, coming from the heart, because I believe the biggest part of my higher power is my better self my logic and pragmatism, my compassion, my uh, empathy, things like that. And just try to do the right thing. And all of those three things seem to come together. And when one is just a little short, then I start having problems. And although I've been abstinent for four years, I'm just a bite away. I mean, I still have issues with food. It, it doesn't stop. It goes away for a while, and something will bring it up. But I can get through it just using the tools. Thank you. Have a great convention. Hello, everybody. I'm Joni. I am a compulsive overeater from Nova Scotia. I've been absent for 25 years and I'm maintaining a 60 to 65 pound weight loss. The, the theme of our convention is we like the way. And if we're not recovered people, how can we relate, how can we like the way for somebody else if we don't follow the way ourselves? 
And when I came to OA 25 years ago, I didn't know there was a darn thing about myself that needed fixed, except my weight. That's what I came for, was to be a normal size. And like I always say, it wasn't just to be a normal size, but it was to eat whatever I wanted to eat and stay that way. And you know, by the grace of God in these 12 steps, that's what happened. But when my when I got this plan of eating, then I began to feel all this stuff that I had stuffed down for so many years. And emotionally, I was so stunted. I didn't realize how stunted I was because I was scared to laugh and I was scared to cry. I didn't know a feeling, I just stuffed them all. I just stuffed, I just ate. I just ate. I didn't know when I was sad. Once in a while I bust out crying and then I'd pick a fight and that was an excuse to eat again. And then for me to begin to recognize these feelings and deal with them absolutely without that crutch of the food, wow. You know, I don't know if I'm emotionally mature yet at the age of 73, but I'm getting there. You know, I'm getting there. But spiritually, I thought I had it. Ask me a thing about God, I knew it. Man, I, I knew it. I carried out my religious duties to the T. But it's like our big book says on 93, I didn't know how to apply it. You know, if I knew how to apply what I professed to believe, I wouldn't have been eating like I was, would I? And since coming in here, I'm telling you, my concept of a higher power has only grown and changed, and I am so ever grateful. Thank you. strong I was. <laughs> Hi, my name's Gloria. I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi, Gloria. Everybody, and I'm from Beverly, Massachusetts. Um, just grateful to be here. And the, the three-legged stool, um, I can really identify with. I came into program 270 pounds, and um, I didn't think anything was wrong with me other than my weight. And I put down the food, and then everything kind of sprouted up. And before I came in, I used to pray to God, God, please help me to lose weight. I don't want to be thin and beautiful. I just want to feel better. And I wasn't sick. And after I woke up in program, I realized that God answered my prayer by bringing me to OA. And the second part of it, the spiritual, um, I kept it so simple. It's like, oh, I won't have a problem with that. I go to church. You know, that was it. And um, I, um, but what I realized, I didn't have a personal relationship with God. And that developed as I came in, as I was in program and started working the steps. And, um, and then the third part, the mental part, 
um, well, I wasn't like my mother. My mother had mental illness, so I just kind of brushed that off. And um, in step two, I forget the wording right now, but there was it says something about a mental part of this disease. And I almost walked away because I didn't want to be like my mother. And it was very different than, you know, what I'm in, I'm in today. And over the years, it's all developed and it's all come together. And um, it's just so grateful. And it has just made my life so much better than it was. You know, I walked around numb. And um, today I walk around and I feel. And it's a miracle I'm here today. Because my husband fell on Monday. And God just took care of him. Um, he was alone in the house, and a neighbor heard him. And I look back, and everybody I've talked to said, you know, God really took care of him. The neighbor heard him. The other neighbor helped. One called somebody. Somebody called somebody else. And and he was 10 hours in the um, hospital, and not a broken bone or anything, just paint. He had green paint over, like, 50% of his body. And, you know, we just kind of laughed about it. And we watched the World Series, the first two um, games, with me sitting on a chair, wa wa you know, trying to get the paint off. Because it's oil-based paint, and he's got very, very thin skin. And so we so we laughed about it, you know. And the, my, my children are old, you know, two of them are over 50. And they're calling him the Hulk and the Green Giant and, and, and you know, and Shrek. And, and, you know, I mean, I'm just so grateful that we could laugh because that is something I would have eaten over before. So I just wanted to say I'm just so grateful that I'm here. Thanks. We'd like to thank everyone who attended this workshop. We'll now close the meeting with the serenity prayer. The serenity prayer. Do we want to hold hands or what do we want to do? Stand up or sit down or do whatever you want.